Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. T'was the day before Christmas and all through the hills, the reindeer were playing, enjoying the spills of skating and coasting and climbing the willows and hopscotch and leapfrog protected by pillows. While every so often they'd stop to call names at one little deer not allowed in their games. Ha ha, look at Rudolph, his nose is a sight. It's red as a beet, twice as big, twice as bright. While Rudolph just wept, what else could he do? He knew that the things they were saying were true. Christmas is approaching. Maybe you've already gotten out the old boxes of decorations and set up your tree. Perhaps you've already braved the downtown streets in the cold to buy gifts for your loved ones, admiring the window displays to return home and watch the family favorites. For a lot of people, Christmas in Chicago means taking a look into the Marshall Fields windows at their grandiose displays or watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer snuggled around the TV. But did you know that Rudolph was invented right here in Chicago? sparking Marshall Fields to create their own character in return. I'm your host, Ariel Ravenet, and in today's episode, we take a trip down memory lane as we recount the origins of Rudolph and a character who was made in competition, now forgotten. Prepare your stockings, and let's get looped in, Chicago! Holiday traditions are celebrated every year, but for one family in Chicago, they have a unique, famous sibling. We weren't told we were special, that your dad did this, and you're really, yeah. you know, you're different than anybody else because you're special. We just thought he was a part of our part of our family. You'll, you'll see when we go upstairs, it's the cutest thing. My, my birth announcement, I was born in 52. I mean, the story was 39. The song came out after that. But, um, you know, Rudolph had all the attention from 30, 39 on, and so there's a, a bassinet with me in it and all my siblings around it and then Rudolph is in the background crying. <laughs> he, he's not wasn't the center of attention anymore. <laughs> we like I said we we all grew up very humble mm-hmm. and um, never took anything for granted and just feel so lucky. That's Martha May, one of the daughters of Robert L. May, the man who created Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. For her growing up, Rudolph was part of the pack, but for her younger sister Betsy, it went even deeper than that. I believed in Rudolph for a really long time. I thought he was real. And I'd stand by my window as a little kid, and my siblings would indulge me. And I'm sure I was either hallucinating or I saw an airplane with a red blinking light. And I was like, there he is. There's the sleigh. There's Rudolph. And um, once I figured out that, that it was a story, 
I, I just realized what it was, which was that he was different and he found a way to take what made him different and do really good things with it instead of feeling bad about himself. Robert L. May was working for Montgomery Ward in Chicago when he was assigned a big task. Create a new Christmas character to attract more children and in turn, their parents to the stores. You see, every year the department store would release free booklets and they decided it'd be cheaper if they could create their own. So in 1939, Rudolph was born. Here's Martha again. My dad was a copywriter from Montgomery Wards down in Chicago and he would always do the limericks or the roasts or for, for parties and mm-hmm. people's retirements. He was very, very good with, with words. He had a great wit. And so his boss at the time asked him to write a Christmas giveaway. And so it, it was a pamphlet giveaway um, just to anybody who walked in, in the store. And the story had to be about a reindeer because it was Christmas. So my father grew up, the, the ugly duckling t- character that Rudolph was kind of goes back to how my father grew up. Mm-hmm. He grew up in New York, and it was the era when parents competed against each other. How many grades could your child skip to get to high school or college faster? When he got to Dartmouth, he was very, very smart. He, he, you know, he couldn't, because he skipped so many grades, he was small, he was scrawny, he loved sports. He couldn't do any sports because of that. So when he got to Dartmouth, he was just a small, small little young man who just focused on his studies, and that's kind of how that worked out, yeah. Though Betsy and Martha weren't born yet, Some say their eldest sister, Barbara, who was nine at the time, helped inspire their father to choose a reindeer after her favorite animal at the Lincoln Park Zoo. The other eight reindeer got their names from poet Clement C. Moore way back in 1823, as a part of what we know as Twas the Night Before Christmas. So I was able to dig through some old interviews to learn that Robert considered the names Reginald or Rolo for settling on the infamous Rudolph as the latest addition to the cast. There is even a quote from the late author that said he was looking out the window of his office at the Chicago fog when suddenly I had it. A nose, a bright red nose that would shine through the fog like a spotlight. Montgomery Ward's footprint here in Chicago is well known. Founded here in 1872, they were one of the largest retailers in the United States for a time, eventually going bankrupt in 2001. But if we rewind to 1939, while their business was thriving and they asked Robert L. May to write a children's Christmas story, Rudolph almost never had his chance to pull Santa's sleigh. According to an interview Robert gave to the Gettysburg Times in 1975, his boss had asked him, can't you come up with anything better? Nevertheless, Robert believed in his red-nosed reindeer and the story of an underdog who saves Christmas. I'm a little biased, I'd say. <laughs> My goodness, I would say it's, it's, it's right up there with um, I don't even know if Frosty the Snowman, but it is, it's such a wonderful story, and there's so many different angles to it that children of all ages can relate to, you know, about the bullying that still goes on today. Mm-hmm. And cutest thing is my CEO, it'll be the fourth year tradition, she has me read it to the company over Zoom, 
um, every every Christmas season. So I mean, it's it's just withstood the the test of time, just because it's always going to be a timely story. It's always going to be something that I think children and even adults can can relate to. Now, eighty four years later, Martha and her family still have first editions of the books, toys, and more. Some of which came straight off the press but other items Martha has hunted for and collected throughout the years. She showed me old newspaper articles and lots of memorabilia from the literature in the movies. You can see the photos on our Instagram at WBBM Podcasts. When the TV show came out in 1964, I was 12. We um, sat in the basement with a big box TV from Montgomery Ward, which was where my dad worked, and we watched the first the first of many, many years. It's still playing. And um, that was quite, quite magical. When it was over, it was like my father was a celebrity, which he never thought of himself as. But everybody was calling. The phone phone did not stop ringing after people had, had seen the show. And then the highlight was at the beginning of the show, there would be the credits at the beginning of the show, three presents under the Christmas tree, and my father's name was on one of those boxes adapted from the story by Robert Elmay. That 1964 claymation TV special of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, created using stop-motion animation by Rankin Bass, is the longest-running Christmas special of all time, with writer Romeo Mueller expanding on Robert's original story by introducing even more new characters, like Hermie the Elf, adventurer Yukon Cornelius, and the Island of Misfit Toys. Somewhere during our discussion, Martha asked me what Rudolph has meant over the years. How did Rudolph become, you said you've, you've always had a, one of your favorites and you were so excited mm-hmm. to come out. How did, how did that kind of happen? Just curious. Yeah, that's a good question. I think the Rudolph shows and movies felt more relatable than some of the other ones. You know, okay. like the claymation one when they go to Land of Lost Toys. You know, I remember like being a little girl and watching that and being like, oh, you know, because you know, you, you have all your toys and you're like, well, I have to sleep with them all and they're going to feel left out, you know, and then they go to Land of Lots toys and I'd be like, no, you know, I'm like, no, like, I'd feel so bad. That's very cute. That's very cute. I just think that it's, yeah, and it has the best song. And I also think like I wasn't raised crazy religious. I think that's something that's really nice about Rudolph. Right. You know, it's like yeah. he's not, it teaches you morals, but not in a godly way. Like, Absolutely. In a really relatable, like, you know, right. kids are mean. And they are. everyone has Adults something. are mean. Yeah. You know? Humans are mean. Yeah. While growing up with Rudolph as a pseudo brother was fun, now, all these years later, the story has a deeper meaning for Martha. I will have to be honest, after he passed, it was, Christmases were very hard. Yeah, I cannot, the triggers you know, everywhere. Yes, <laughs> yeah. right. It was, it took me a long time, but mm-hmm. I am finally, you know, I mean, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's still lovely. I'm still so proud. We were such uh, dear friends and it was, it was more than just father, daughter. We were just, you know, very, very, very dear friends. So, um, yeah, I feel very lucky, very blessed and not many, um, not many children or, or adults as I am can say their father is still looking after them up in heaven and, you know, through, through everything he did, did many years ago. Rudolph isn't the only Christmas icon in Chicago history. When we come back from the break, we take a look through the famous Marshall Fields Christmas windows. Stay tuned. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Dating back to 1897, the Marshall Fields Christmas window displays in downtown Chicago were the stuff of legend. Tucked at the corner of State Street and Randolph, children and families would travel far and wide to see a different setup every year. Elaborate animatronic displays of puppets and dolls enjoying a winter wonderland. If you're too young to remember these displays in their heyday, think back to the first scene in the movie, A Christmas Story, where Ralphie and his friends press their faces to a similar display. But do you recall... Maybe the least remembered Christmas icon of all. Uncle Mistletoe! Uncle Mistletoe! Olio, what in the world are you doing here? Why aren't you helping Molio on guard? Uncle Mistletoe was launched in 1946 as competition with Montgomery Ward's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He's a winged denizen with dark eyebrows on a black top hat who would use his wings to bring good kids to the North Pole. He lived in Cozy Cloud Cottage with his wife, Aunt Holly, and his friend, Freddie Fieldmouse. There was an Uncle Mistletoe show. There were men who would dress up as as mistletoe and come have lunch in the walnut room. Uncle Mistletoe is always on the tree. He's on the tree again this year. But Uncle Mistletoe has wings, and Aunt Holly does not. And do you know why? No, I was thinking that when I was watching that. I was like, who is she? What is this? Why is that? So, <laughs> Uncle Mistletoe has wings because his job is to fly through the forest as Freddie Fieldmouse. Yes, there's some there's a rodent family involved. Was on the ground scouting for the great tree, the best great tree to go in the walnut room. And Holly stayed at home a.k.a. Cozy Cloud Cottage, with Santa and made cookies and took care of everything. She had no need for wings. That's Amy Meadows, former director of window display and marketing events for Marshall Fields and Macy's. The Uncle Mistletoe displays predate her, but she's well-versed in the lore. For a time, the Fields window displays would show stories and progress in these characters' lives. Their popularity even led to a TV show, similar to Mr. Rogers, teaching children lessons through puppets 
that ran from 1948 to 1952. The window displays went beyond just Uncle Mistletoe and Friends. Throughout the 1900s, the Marshall Field window displays were an iconic Chicago Christmas staple. They would take months, sometimes the whole year to plan and build to create the wonder-filled illusions during Chicago winter. If you had coffee cups, they were filled with motor oil. If you had, uh, and then probably topped with, with meringue cookies instead of whipped cream, you couldn't use real wine or real perfume, all kinds of things. You had to shellac all the bread. It was a huge theatrical level undertaking. Though Amy never worked on an Uncle Mistletoe display, she did get to experience one. So I did not grow up in Chicago. I was not one of those many, many people who are like, oh, I, you know, we, I put on my gloves and my patent leather shoes and we went downtown on the train and we went to the Walnut Room. I, I did not see a Christmas window at Marshall Fields until I was in college. And I came in from uh, Evanston and it must have been something like Uncle Mistletoe in outer space. I seem to remember there was a lot of aluminum foil. Uh, I'm like, well, this is crazy. And, but just had never experienced anything like that where I came from. Amy worked for Marshall Fields and Macy's for 25 years. She told me that the 13 windows along State Street always told a complete story with big, thoughtful animatronic displays. The other sides displayed potential gifts to be sold. Though creating the magical motifs was thrilling, it wasn't always comfortable. When I did get the opportunity to start working at Marshall Fields, I had no idea what I was in store for with those windows. Uh, things they never tell you like, uh, well, one, you'll freeze to death uh, because, because the windows are not heated. Um, they're not heated. They're not air conditioned. Nothing. Um, you will be you will be working on Christmas trees with that stiff, horrible, sharp wire. And then you will dig your hands into the buckets of kosher salt and spread that all over the fronts of the windows so that it sparkles like snow. But in the meantime, you're crying inside because the snow, because the salt has gone into all these open wounds. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of fun, um, but a lot of hard work. <laughs> but I will say that once the windows were up and running, the person who had the hardest job, the hardest job was the window washer. Because you can only put so much alcohol in the window cleaning solution before you're just because it was just layers and layers of handprints and nose prints and all kinds of stuff like right up against the glass. And every day he was out there getting the windows ready for the next day's viewing. <laughs> so I asked Amy why she thinks they were so popular. Windows continue to serve as a source of, you know, entertainment, um, engagement. And there is a lot of just wonderful escape that you can do through an animated window. And also 
if you think about it from the storytelling point of view and for there to be three generations standing outside that window. The child is on the grandparent's shoulder and they're telling the story and it may be a new story or it may be a very old familiar story. This is this is when these family traditions are born and honored and continued. And so to have to have played a role in something that is that iconic for so many Chicagoans and visitors, what a privilege, what an absolute privilege. Eventually, Uncle Mistletoe and friends were retired and they began making window displays inspired by local events and well-known stories. By the time Amy worked there, she only got to work on a few unique to Chicago displays before the company was sold. It was different every year. I in let's see, eighty-eight or eighty-nine. That was the that was about the last time I remember us being fully independent in terms of what did our staff come up with, and we did musical traditions around Chicago because we knew that the overall Marshall Fields marketing theme was going to be music. So it's like we had the uh, independence and autonomy to do just that. Then shortly thereafter, when Dayton Hudson slash Target purchased Marshall Fields, and then that grew, they had holiday traditions as well. They had their auditorium in Minneapolis. So we weren't just talking about a few Chicago area stores. We were talking about expanding across the Midwest. And so certainly consumer behavior was changing. Marketing was really changing how you advertised, how you got this pulled together. And it made no sense. Why Why would we have done three different types of shopping bags or told three different stories or done that? We really needed to be congruent and consistent across all markets. What that did is that put us in line for doing some really terrific collaborations, uh, like with Maurice Sendak for The Nutcracker. Though the Marshall Field windows hold a place in many people's hearts around the holidays, they're still geared to attract your wallets. We want you to come in and shop, and maybe it's simply for a chicken pot pie in the walnut room, or maybe it's for enough boxes of frangos to, you know, give to your neighbors. But you came inside the store, and you may have seen something you just really can't live without. So it's magic. It's also a little bit manipulative. I don't mind saying that. That's what we're there to do. We're there to, you know, bewitch you into buying stuff. (laughs) Even though Uncle Mistletoe was long gone, the excitement of the displays stayed throughout the 90s and into the early 2000s, with people waiting to see what that year's display would look like. There was always a different way or or, uh, pomp and circumstance around the unveiling every year and that was great fun you know whether santa was coming down state street on his sleigh or whether we were doing a big whoosh with the curtains pulling to the side problem with doing anything from the inside is that you literally had to climb over or shimmy under the set to get to the glass to pull it up to to escape Those were small, small windows and required a great deal of acrobatic activities. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At one time, 
The 13th floor of Macy's was home to the department specifically dedicated to window displays. They would design, plan, and create things in-house there. But, Amy says, it took a lot more than just her department to create the wonder. We worked with design fabrication firms uh, in New York and in California. They had sculptors, costumers, wig makers, the animators. That was that was happening in one part of the country. Here in Chicago, we were working with scenic artists and theatrical teams to do the prosceniums and special backdrops. And then we had the designers. We oh, and then we had all our all our trade workers. And this took, I mean, this took everybody from that window washer to the man who was making the appointments for the shipments to come into the loading dock. I cannot think of really one area of the store that was not somehow involved in this this execution. <laughs> there was no way you could work in the store and not know what was going on and perhaps be called upon to, to help or contribute. Okay, so while displaying animatronics almost 24 hours a day was fun from the outside, I had to know if any accidents happened on the inside. There was one year with the corner window for the Grinch caught fire about four days before opening. And it's like, well, that Grinch really did try to steal Christmas, didn't he? That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> like, what the? And, you know, the good news was the sprinklers worked. And the bad news was the sprinklers worked because it soaked through the window, down through the book department, down through the luggage stock room in the second basement. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> so we had sculptors on overtime trying to get um, this, all the replacement parts to us oh. in time. This was the worst thing that had happened while Amy worked there. This is why they used union electricians, carpenters, and painters to make sure everything was done professionally. Apparently in this case, a fuse blew. Today, those 13 windows no longer have lines of people waiting for a grand reveal or are filled with a continuous story. And many say the modern displays feel more commercial than nostalgic. As a transplant to Chicago myself, there is an enchanting aspect to walking downtown and seeing mannequins in high fashion poses. Though major shopping is a part of American culture around the holidays, there is something charming about the stories around Rudolph and the Marshall Field window displays. Workers behind the magic genuinely wanted to deliver some happiness around the holidays, even if they were born from corporations. The value of a merchandising window, visual merchandising and doing a window display I find is still a little bit of that fantasy, that aspiration, that mm, if I wore that gown, ooh, oh, I would look, I would look that good, wouldn't I? Or I love that china, or my husband would look wonderful in that suit, or that's just the tie. I mean, there's, there are stories we tell ourselves about what we see in the windows, so the chance to create this really eye-catching, mouth-watering, gotta-have-it moment that is above and beyond a mannequin with a banner or something that you see online, I think it will always be of value. Thank you for listening to this episode of Looped in Chicago. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Ariel Ravenet. 
edited by Jim Hankey, Cooper Mall, and myself. Craig Schwab was our station's news director, and Myron Kaplan is managing producer of National News Podcasts. And a special thanks to the Chicago Film Archives for letting us use audio from the Uncle Mistletoe TV show. To see photos and videos of authentic Rudolph memorabilia and popular Marshall Field window displays, check out our Instagram at WBBM Podcasts or at WBBM News Radio. We'll get you looped in back here in two weeks. See you then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.